0: Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Service and in the studio for the third time, hooray hooray, is Russ Higgins. I got him out of the uh, research farm fields over in DeKalb. Russ is our commercial agriculture educator and he is located at the Northern Illinois Agriculture Research Center near DeKalb. Hey Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Harvest is about to start. Well, uh, I could have kind of thought so, so we'll we'll we 'll talk about that because that's kind of the main uh, main idea for today's today 's program. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, how things are looking for harvest. I wanted to see if you can comment on uh, uh, i guess the process of harvest i e all the steps that are involved. It sounds simple but i'm sure it isn't and then just like in our as I have spoken all summer uh, here on the show and in radio columns and in interviews um weeds um they've just been extraordinary this year and haven't given up so I'd kinda of like to know how how well it's gone for the commercial farmer this year in in getting that getting that handled so You kind of alluded to it already. When do you think, say, what's going to be first, corn or beans, and when do you think we're going to start harvesting?
1: Things have changed in Illinois. In the past, we always harvested soybeans first and made our way to the corn crop. But now we plant our corn so early, uh, we've moved up about three, three and a half weeks within the last 50 years. So our corn crop reaches maturity first. I expect that to happen again this year. You'll see corn fields start to come out and Probably a good portion of the corn will be harvested before we work into our soybeans.
0: Okay, so in terms of a time frame here, this is, give or take here, the middle of September, so combines will probably hit the first fields
1: on those early maturing varieties the end of the month, early October? I expect in days. In Uh, days, Some of the farmers will probably go out, pull some of their first corn out, try to make sure all their machinery is operating correctly, make sure all their grain drying equipment is functioning as well.
0: Okay, so we just might as well go into part of my part of my interview questions here was so what 's the what what 's the steps what 's the process
1: once the corn is is harvested and that 's done with the combine, almost all the corn now in Illinois is harvested as grain, so the combine itself takes it off the cob uh, the kernels themselves are stored in the combine. The corn that's harvested, even in the best field conditions, normally only gets down to about 16% moisture. And that's really important because if we want to store grain, corn, long-term, we have to get it down to 15% or below. And to do that, we normally have to dry it, and that requires quite a bit of natural gas. It costs approximately 4 cents, to produce to reduce the moisture in grain by one point, that of course is dependent upon the the fuel costs and Several years ago, when we had a wet harvest or the grain was wet when we harvested it, that can be pretty substantial
0: okay so now, for a farmer, they can do that themselves on the farm.
1: There's a a number of farmers have on-farm setups where they can do the drying. As a matter of fact, if you drive the countryside and you see lots of steam going up in the air, that's what you're actually seeing. They force hot air through the grain mass, and that removes the moisture. Some farmers choose to simply deliver the grain to elevators that have commercial drying setups.
0: And uh, the price is then per bushel according
1: Right, they'll yep. look at the moisture coming in, and they will charge them whatever it costs to reduce that down to fifteen percent.
0: Okay, so that's that's kind of that's great. So on, if you've got a, a, as a farmer who's able to dry down their own grain, uh, they also have the big bin silos, and they store it on site then until it's taken to the elevator to go to market.
1: If a farmer has on-site storage, he has the benefit then of storing that grain, and then he has the option of selling it perhaps when the price actually improves. You know, as we talk about harvesting, though, it's always a balancing act for a farmer because if you have ideal weather, you might as well just let the corn stand and dry of its own accord. But if you let that corn stand, we have a strong wind in the fall, the crop can blow over. So most farmers will start cautiously going into their fields when the grain is about 24%. But by the time it gets down to 22 or 21%, they'll be going pretty much full bore to make sure they finish their crop in a timely manner.
0: Yeah, because today it's not hundreds of acres, it's thousands of acres, and that just takes time to get it all down.
1: Especially with some of the really high yields that we're expecting at least in other parts of the state
0: okay well well good, so I guess so much for corn you said probably now we'll be starting corn before we do beans um, do beans
1: quote unquote dry down soybeans uh, the good the good one of the benefits of soybeans in addition to be a crop that's uh, very good in the corn soy rotation is it does normally dry uh, by itself. So we try to get our soybeans down to about 13% uh, before harvest, and um, our expected state yield of soybeans this year is going to be 53 bushel, still very respectable. Uh, they benefited greatly from the rains we had early in the year. Uh, we'll see how quickly the, the farmers go across the soybean fields this okay. year. Okay.
0: And in an earlier show, you indicated that uh, yields were, for corn were expected somewhere around 172
1: as an average? We're expecting 172. That's a USDA uh, projection for Illinois. Uh, there are some of us who think that may be a little high, but that 's always hard to gauge because you 're very familiar with the crops that you see every day
0: yeah, and, uh, i'm sure i'm uh, sure the um, two more things I wanted to uh, touch on quickly I mentioned uh for the home gardener and and just home homeowner in general we 've had an unbelievable struggle year this year with weeds. How has it been for the farmer? <laughs>
1: Well, the gardeners are not alone in that aspect. Farmers have as well. Uh, Most of the weeds that we deal with today, we are promoting a two-pronged approach, and that is for those who choose to use herbicides, we encourage them to apply a pre-plant or a pre-emergence herbicide, which controls seedling growth, and then come back with the post-application. We just think back to our June, where it rained almost nonstop. By the time a lot of our producers had the chance to get in the field to apply that second application, the weeds had either outgrown uh, the size that they could be effectively grown, or they had continual emergence even after that application. Because of that, if you drive the countryside, you'll see a number of weeds. Uh, This has certainly been a a banner year for weeds more so than in the recent past.
0: Yes, uh, agreed. Again, it. Uh, my my motto is we typically go around and we deadhead our flowers. This year I've been suggesting that we go out and deadhead the weeds before they set seed in and disperse that seed into the garden beds because uh, we haven't been able to keep the garden beds clean. So that's
1: you know, that's a great, I wish we could do that on a field level, you know, it's just some of our pigweeds, our water hemps and our palmers in different areas, individual plants easily can produce anywhere from 250,000 up to half a million viable seeds per plant. So we're going to go a long way toward re- replenishing, uh, the weed seed bank and some of our fields. And that's really not something we want to yeah, do,
0: not something we want to be proud of. Um, I would also share that, uh, you know, uh, mom lives on the old uh, family nursery and I was down there and I stood in front of a horseweed that was more than two and a half times my height. So there's a lot of weeds this season that have just really benefited from all the water and and good growing conditions, at least for the weeds. And the last thing I wanted to quickly say, as I know we've uh, kind of pushed our time limit here, is uh, I'm seeing planes flying around the farm fields, and I know it's too late for fungicides and
1: things like that. Uh, Give us a hint. What are we seeing? You're wondering what they're doing. Yes. Actually, those planes are planting some of the cover crops that we had talked about last week. Uh, to get into the corn and soybean fields, uh, we actually use aerial application. Uh, so they're dropping the cover crop seed into uh, the standing corn and soybean, and with any luck, we'll get a little bit of moisture and get that germination and give us another 10 to 15 days of growth before we get our cold weather. Yeah, that's that's
0: an excellent strategy given that we can't really go into the corn or soybean field any other way and get that seed down. So that makes all the sense. So thank you for that bit of information. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Side Up with Russ Higgins from the, from the Northern Illinois Agricultural Research Center. Always fun to have you here with me, Russ. Thanks so much. And we'll be back with everybody next week.